Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Family Business Today podcast, where every family business has a story to tell and a step to take to not only thrive, but working together, create a lasting family legacy. I'm your host, Greg Lewis. Our guest today is Chrissy Wick, Chief Sales Officer and Minority Owner in their family business, Western Express, headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Western Express is a top 10 truckload carrier with over 3,000 trucks operating in the U.S. and in Mexico. Well, hello, Chrissy. How are you? I am doing well. Hey, thanks for joining me for this edition of Family Business Today. I've really been looking forward to learning more about your family business story. Well, let's start at the beginning. Western Express uh, was founded in 1991. Tell us a little bit about the history of Western Express. Yeah, so my um, grandfather, Jim Wick, uh, and his next door neighbor, Wayne Wise, um, realized that they were both, had been truckers in their previous life. They had both had trucking companies. Um, my great-grandfather uh, actually had a trucking company in the 50s and 60s uh, before deregulation, where they he owned the U.S. Postal Service from St. Louis to Nashville. Oh, and so he had moved two of his eleven children, uh, two of his three sons, down to Nashville. Um, and so my grandfather came here and and ran that portion of the business with his brother. And then deregulation happened, and um, you know they they all kind of did different things after that. Um, and then about 11 years later, in 1991, my grandfather and Wayne uh, were talking as next door neighbors and decided to start a trucking company with five trucks. And so uh, my grandfather was the minority owner and Wayne and his wife, Donna, were the majority owners. Um, and by 1996, they had 36 trucks and right. they needed a sales rep. And so they... Wayne bought out my grandfather and gave his his uh, minority ownership to my dad, and my dad came to work here. And in ten years, they grew from thirty six trucks to three thousand trucks. Oh wow, wow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's definitely that's definitely what you call a multiplier. I I was thinking <laughs> of the fence story as how many companies have been started where two guys or two or two individuals are leaning up against. The, the fence say, hey, you know, I've been thinking about, hey, I've been thinking about that too. Let's do it. Well, well, that's, yeah. that's great. Yeah, 30 years. That's awesome. Well, uh, so I know uh, your grandfather was bought out, but your dad's in the business and you're in the company. What other family members are involved in the family business today and what are their roles? Yeah. So my, I mentioned that we grew from 30, 36 trucks to 3000 trucks from 96 to 2006. Um, and in 2010, my dad's business partner passed away. Uh, so the majority owner passed away and that ownership at the time um, went to his wife and three daughters who um, two of them worked in the business and one was in college at the time. And he had two son-in-laws in the business. Um, they didn't want to keep the business and the business wasn't, wasn't particularly healthy at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, as you know, 2010, we were three years into the housing market crisis and, yep. um, you know, all sectors were struggling. Um, and so the business wasn't actually worth, it was worth negative equity. Um, 
And my dad was asked to step in and be the CEO and the president after his business partner died. Um, and so we, over time, um, purchased the company uh, from the family that had the majority ownership. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. our, our family probably has, I mean, I, I don't know the exact percentage, but my brother and I each have some ownership. My sister has some ownership. Okay. Um, and then our parents are the majority owners. And then we have a couple other members of our management team that have ownership as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Um, but on the executive team is uh, my father, who's our president and CEO, or our, he's just our CEO now. We just have named a president, but he's our chairman and CEO. He, because he had me when he was in high school, he's only 61. And so okay. he's still pretty much in his, he's still certainly in his sure. prime performance. Sure. Um, I'm 43. Uh, my brother's 41. Uh, I run the revenue streams. I run sales. Um, my brother manages all of our assets. Um, so buying and selling all the tractors and trailers. Uh, he spends the money. I try to make the money. <laughs> there you go. There um, you go. <laughs> and then we have our president who's been with us since 2006, um, Robert Stachura, and then our CFO, uh, who was a part of an acquisition that we had done in that rapid growth period between mm -hmm. um, 96 and 06, Rick Prickett. Um, and then actually, uh, <laughs> my ex-husband is our uh, general counsel and head of mm -hmm. risk. Um, he came to work with us actually after we were divorced, um, but he's been, we were high school sweethearts. We were married. We share three children. Um, and he is like a fourth child to my parents. So he is family. And so there's, I consider us four family members, and then two adopted family members with our president and CFO. Sure, sure. Well, uh, not an unusual story. We could do an entire podcast on uh, succession planning, uh, what to do, what not to do, especially when someone dies suddenly. So mm -hmm. thanks, thanks for sharing all of that and how you've been able to work through uh, all of that uh, over the last uh, uh, decade of, of trying to work all that. Well, so so um, uh, your grandfather and his neighbor started Western Express. Uh, they had this, uh, would you say their vision when they started was just to, to uh, have five or six trucks? Or was there this vision to build a 3000 truck uh, company? I don't think that was their vision. Um, I think that they, you know, they wanted to live comfortable lives and provide for their families. Mm -hmm. um, and then once they figured out that they could replicate it and do it sustainably, um, then they, they really started to grow. And then after my dad's business partner passed away, and I mentioned the, co the company wasn't doing particularly well, mm -hmm. you know, my dad brought my brother and I in here just to shore things up. And we didn't know if, it, if we were going to go out of business or if we were going to, you know, turn it around. We, we really had no idea, mm -hmm. um, but we knew that whatever happened would be explainable on our resumes. Mm -hmm. And so we both said, yeah, sure, you know, of course, we'll come help you figure it out. Neither of us had any experience in transportation. We both were in technology. Sure. Um, my brother was at IBM and I was at Dell. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. And so it, you know, now 
that we've shored the business up and it's, I would say thriving, it's like, okay, how big do we want to be? Do we want, you know, we'll, we'll be just under a billion in revenue this year. Mm -hmm. So we know the next thing is to be a billion dollar business, which we think we will do pretty quickly. And the next question is, okay, what's after that? Do we want to have 5,000 trucks? Do we want to have 10,000 trucks? You know, um, I don't know. I don't know what we want to do. It, it really depends on, do we feel that we have the human capital right. to do it? And are we all still having fun? And as That's long right. as we're still having fun, we're going to keep doing things. Well, let's, let's talk about the having fun part. I, I noticed mm -hmm. uh, on your website, you were talking about your values and having fun was one of those. Uh, what would you say is uh, uh, some of the values that have been consistent uh, from the time uh, that the founders started uh, the company to today uh, uh, in a third generation in the business now? So I would say that having fun has been a core value since day one. Mm -hmm. That's a great <laughs> um, and, one to have. <laughs> and, and to say have fun, I mean, that is, you know, I'm not sure that many companies have that listed in a core value. Um, and even the ones that do, I'm not sure that they live it the way that we do. Mm -hmm. um, we really do enjoy each other's company. Um, nobody takes themselves too seriously. Uh, it is a very flat um, organization. Anybody can walk into anybody's office. Um, and that, you know, is really remarkable. The other that I think has been a core value since the beginning is to take care of each other. Um, we fundamentally believe that we're only as good as, you know, our happy, our, our saddest associate, just like you're only as happy as your saddest child. Um, we take care of all of our associates and it is very fluid. <laughs> we have like several, I, the best example I can give you is that we've got like several cars that the company owns that are constantly being used by associates because somebody's car broke down or somebody's mm -hmm. car's in the shop or this, that, or the other thing. Like we just, whatever needs to be done, we do. Um, and it's very informal in that way, which is such a privilege in a private business. Mm -hmm. um, I would say one that is unique, that is a core value that you know, you either, you either like this or you don't, mm -hmm. um, but stay fit is a core value. We have a 3000 square foot gym on our facility oh, wow. with free, um, free circuit training classes, uh, at 11, 12 and one on Tuesdays and Thursdays and free CrossFit classes at 11, 12 and one on, um, two days a week. So four days a week, we've got free paid, you know, paid by the company trainers here, training people. Mm. And it, if you if you don't meet or exceed that expectation, it's pretty difficult for you to move up in this business. Cause mm -hmm. if you can't take care of yourself, you certainly can't take care of other people. Sure. Sure. And I, and I'm sure you and your brother are, are, are right up there in front, uh, uh, leading the charge every, every We week. are. I mean, honestly, <laughs> we're just trying to keep up with our dad. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's great. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I come from a um, um, transportation supply chain background in our family uh, businesses and manufacturing. And, and as you know, the, the whole transportation industry has changed uh, dramatically over the last 
10 years, but over the last 25 or 30 years, uh, certainly been a lot of changes and also a lot of innovations uh, from a technology standpoint. And I can imagine all of the technology and, and, and information that's needed just to manage 3,000 uh, trucks and drivers in, uh, across the United States and across Mexico. What are some of the changes and innovations that's made Western Express what it is today? We, I would say over the last five years, um, the hiring and staffing of our IT team and our business intelligence team has been a, um, a key differentiator for us. Um, our, you know, we as business functional leaders will talk to our business, uh, our BI team and our IT team and say, here's what I want to be produced for me. Can you create this? Mm -hmm. And they go create it. Um, and so we've got a lot of really good um, folks over on our IT team that are just constantly writing programs and code for us, which is great. Mm. Oh, that's great. That's great. Mm -hmm. well, well, let's let's get a little bit closer to uh, today. Uh, and certainly every time we pick up the uh, newspaper or watch any news, there's uh, uh, stories about how supply chain and transportation's uh, being affected by the COVID pandemic. Uh, mm -hmm. How has so, uh, Western Express been able to pivot to accommodate changes due to the COVID pandemic? Um, so it's interesting. Um, we have, we got hit, I don't know if you know this, um, we got hit by the tornado on March 3rd of 2020. Oh, I didn't know um, And so we lost uh, three of the four buildings on our campus. We lost a 50,000 square foot shop. We lost a 30,000 square foot building that was brand new that had our new gym in it. It had been built and opened the September before. Uh, and then we lost our headquarters that had been here for 20 years. That was a 28,000 square foot building mm. uh, all in, you know, five seconds. <laughs> and so that happened on March 3rd. And then on March the 16th, we were hit by um, Russian hackers because they attack companies oh, wow. that, are, that have been hit by natural disasters because uh, they're an easy target. And then March 21st, we had our first COVID case. And between March 3rd and March 21st, we had secured a 50,000 square foot uh, office space in Brentwood to you know, shelter us uh, until we rebuilt at the tornado site. So on March 21st, when we had our first COVID case, you know, we just didn't know. So we sent everybody home um, and they went home for two months. And then we pulled everybody back into the office because we were in a central service. We pulled everybody back in mid-May of 2020. So for us, it's crazy to say this, but 2020 was more about the tornado than anything else um, hmm. because that's when the world sh you know, shifted for everyone in our business. Sure. The, the pandemic and the strain that it put on the supply chain was just another problem to solve. And when you're in logistics, all you're doing is solving, you know, putting a puzzle together every That's day. Right. That's right. And so for us, we're putting together 10,000 loads every week. We have to, we just had to figure that out in a different way. You know, mm -hmm. some of our customers shut down their businesses. Some of our customers um, 
had our trailers and wouldn't unload them because they weren't having people come to the warehouses because of COVID. I mean, it was, there were all kinds of things that impacted us, but truly we were just solving a different puzzle. So mm -hmm. it didn't feel different from a, for our operations team or our office, we all had on masks. We were all, you know, luckily in that giant um, space, <laughs> the rental space was perfect for COVID because we all had these 20 foot cubes, yeah. um, you know, so it actually was great. Um, and the tornado ended up being, you know, it was tragic. We didn't lose, uh, we didn't lose any associates, thankfully, um, or any drivers. Mm -hmm. um, and we were able to rebuild on site and open these buildings in January of this year. And so for us, last year was about the tornado. This year has been about COVID because we had to get all of our associates vaccinated so that they could be, we could mm -hmm. work safely together. Mm -hmm. um, we had, um, tragically, we had a loss of life um, due to COVID uh, mm -hmm. in April. And so because we had that experience, um, it was easier to, encourage folks to go take care of each other by getting mm -hmm. vaccinated. And so out of our campus of 550 folks, I think we only have, we have less than 20 that aren't vaccinated. Um, and so we didn't have to mandate. It was very strongly encouraged. Um, I don't know if we will mandate at some point, um, but I, my, our campus feels safer than any place in Nashville or any place in Tennessee because we have such a high vaccination rate. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks, thanks for sharing that. I, I mean, wow, talking about uh, pivoting, uh, not, not one, not two, but three significant uh, uh, changes that affected uh, you, both your business and your uh, management and your leadership. So uh, I commend you uh, for, uh, for that and uh, uh, your, your, uh, your leadership being able to, to adjust and to, to make those changes that are needed. So. Well, you mentioned earlier that uh, before coming uh, to uh, uh, Western Express, you uh, you worked uh, at Dell as a general manager yeah. and global site lead for for Dell Nashville, and your and your brother uh, worked, I believe you said, for IBM. He did. How, how did working in another uh, uh, business like Dell prepare you to return to your family business? Uh, well, I never had any intention of working at our family business, and neither <laughs> okay. did my brother. We, okay. you know, our father, our father wouldn't have had us here. Okay. Um, had it not, had he not, uh, had he not lost his business partner, mm -hmm. um, we, you know, one because we had successful careers on our own um, and were, you know, thriving, um, and two, there wasn't a need for us, <laughs> truly, um, you know, but once, you know, when you have an unexpected um, loss of a leader, you know, lots of people get nervous and anxious and, you know, the sort of the, I would say the gaps in the business become more cavernous and much more evident. Um, and so it just, it very quickly became apparent that he needed people around him that um, were there for him and, and regardless of what state the business was in. Um, and so that's what happened. He shored up, you know, the right people that were already here um, on his leadership team. And then he added my brother and I, and eventually 
my ex-husband um, to kind of shore up mm -hmm. that leadership team. Mm -hmm. He had some great people um, that were here already and, and we just came, you know, and, and just did whatever was asked. Mm -hmm. um, our time, I would say my time at Dell, my brother worked at Dell and then was recruited to go to IBM. Mm -hmm. um, I worked at Dell. I started uh, when they opened the facility here in Nashville was the month that I graduated from college. Okay. And so I was one of the first 30 people on the campus out by the airport. Yep, been there. Um, and it was one of those things where the leadership in Austin said, we want to grow the Nashville campus organically. And so I just was at the right place at the right time. And I was, I was, you know, I was female. Um, so I stood out mm -hmm. and I was, I was young and I was hungry, ambitious, unmarried, no kids, and just really you know, <laughs> followed directions, yeah. uh, I would say. And, and so I was, you know, the first person promoted there. I was the first person promoted to leadership there. And it just all happened quickly. I mean, in within nine years of being at Dell, um, before I turned 30, I was running a $5 billion business. Mm -hmm. And that just doesn't, that wouldn't have happened under any normal circumstances. It just right. really was the right time. Right, um, right. And I'm not sure that anybody in Austin had any idea, you know, how old I was or, um, you know, what my experience mm -hmm. had been um, prior to Dell, you know, that I had just come straight out of college. Um, sure. But it was great for three years. You know, I had the protection of this $60 billion business around me. There was nothing I could do to hurt the business, but I really was performing as a CEO. Mm -hmm. um, for Nashville. And that was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I learned a ton about, um, I learned a ton about people. I learned a ton about human capital. I learned a ton about, you know, all of the ins and outs that go into running a whole business and not just your line of business or your piece of the pie. Um, and so, you know, I was not, I had no intentions of ever coming here, but I ended up having the most perfect um, preparation to come and, and, you know, help our dad run a family business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that story is heard over and over. Even, uh, my story of going back and joining, uh, our family business a year, many years ago, I was, there was no plans to go back working in a career somewhere else. Uh, things happened. Uh, and all of a sudden though, our, our dad says, we need, we need your help uh, uh, to support and work with us in the family business. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, it all works out. So yeah, that's uh, just what you do, right? Yeah, it's just <laughs> what you do. It's just what you do. And that's what we do in a family. Well, so, so let's just assume that there's someone out there that maybe a son or daughter or another family member right now that maybe considering to join their family business, you didn't plan on doing it. Uh, your dad uh, wasn't planning on doing it. What, what advice would you give them if they were considering to join the family business? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the reason it works for me and my brother and my dad is that when, when we are here or when we are talking work, it's work, it's business. It's not personal. Nobody gets their feelings hurt. Um, there are no egos, there are no, um, 
you know, because our dad is still sort of very high functioning and sure. very much in the prime of his career at the same time that my brother and I are also in the prime years of our career, it feels like we are, you know, really doing this together as opposed to most um, generational businesses where children are coming in and pushing someone out. Mm -hmm. I mean, our father will be involved in this business until he doesn't want to be. I mean, sure. there is, there's, I can't imagine a time where he wouldn't be adding value here. Um, and so that feels different than I think a lot of, a lot of family businesses. Um, I think also because there's three of us, it's not two, right? If it was just my brother and my dad, I think it would be different, but because there's a third and we're a tripod, it doesn't, we don't, uh, we don't get sideways because we can, we can talk each other into everyone's perspective. If two of us feel differently, mm. the third is usually a negotiator uh, or a translator if we're not, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. not hearing each other. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really helpful. Um, I would say that there aren't a lot of risks in going into family business as long as you understand when you're at the office or when you're talking about work, it's business and it's not personal. Yeah. If yeah. you're unable to maintain that boundary um, of, you know, letting it creep into how you feel about each other personally, then I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, but for us, we, that hasn't, I still, you know, like, like many daughters do, I still, you know, idolize my dad and, and see him as my dad. And, but I can recognize that my CEO doesn't always do what I would do, mm -hmm. but I don't look at it like my dad's not doing what I would do. I look at it as, you know, my CEO made a decision that I wouldn't make. And every yeah. person feels that way about their boss, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I haven't lost an ounce of shine on how I feel about my dad. Well, that's great. That's great. Yeah. You know, uh, we always say, uh, family is family and business and business and never the two shall meet uh, unless of course you work together in a family business. And, so, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, so often I, I know is, is, do do we call do we call uh, our dad uh, dad uh, when we're in a business situation? Or we do we call him boss? Or do we call him uh, <laughs> by his first name? Uh, but uh, you know, I can tell from just hearing you that you probably call him dad. So uh, we do. Yeah, yeah, my brother yeah. and I both do. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, you you mentioned Adele and 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 uh, a, a woman and a, a young woman and a leadership role that predominantly have been uh, male. Certainly uh, those of us who have been around the trucking industry know that it's been a male dominated industry for, for, for since almost the beginning. So, but today, you know, we're starting to see more and more women working uh, in industries such as trucks. What are some of the challenges that you faced? Uh, maybe not so much from your company, but just from the transportation industry as a whole and how have you been able to overcome them? I mean, um, you know, <laughs> I could go on for days about, uh, about white male privilege. Um, yeah, well, we won't go quite that deep, but we could do another podcast <laughs> on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, have three I, mean, I have three daughters, by the way, so. <laughs> right. You understand. You understand. I mean, here's the deal. Um, I don't think about it. I don't think about it until it smacks me in the face. Um, 
what I think about, I feel, I do feel a big responsibility to always be a voice in the room for um, the underrepresented, whether that be women, whether that be minorities, whether that be people with different sexual orientations, whether that be, um, if you're in a room of liberals, whether that be the conservative view, if you're in a room of conservatives, whether that be the liberal view. I am very conscious of being a voice for the underrepresented. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that comes from being underrepresented in every room I ever walk in, um, in every situation, whether I was at Dell, whether I am in trucking, um, you know, the, the only place that I am not underrepresented is when I go to a Harvard Hall board meeting. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, uh -huh. Which is an I mean, all women's yeah. girls. Yeah. School. yeah. Right. So I would just say that, I just think that that's a responsibility that, that all ladies have. Well, good. Well, good. Well, yeah. Well, let's go, uh, go, go on from that is, and, and uh, but in fact, uh, Western Express is a, a woman-owned business. Matter of fact, it's the largest woman-owned business in Nashville and in Tennessee. What advice would you give to other family businesses who may be considering becoming a woman-owned business? Yeah, so we are no longer, uh, we are 42% women-owned okay. um, today. We were when, uh, under the prior ownership when uh, our majority owner's widow okay. was the majority owner. Okay. Um, so since I think, gosh, I don't know if it was 2017 or 2018, um, we've only been 42% women-owned. Um, and so, but for a long time, we were um, the largest women-owned business in Tennessee. Uh, and I would say that that's always been a point of, differentiation mm -hmm. uh, with many of our customers. It was helpful because many of them had sort of corporate governance. Many of mm -hmm. our publicly traded, you know, Fortune 100 customers had corporate governance that would um, incented them to use women-owned vendors. We were Walmart's largest woman-owned vendor. We were Home Depot's largest woman-owned vendor. Um, and so, you know, many, many of our customers looked to us to help um, meet those goals that they had set annually uh, for women-owned business mm -hmm. spend. I don't, it, it was certainly always a benefit. It hasn't hurt us with those customers mm -hmm. that our delineation has changed because we made ourselves important enough to them uh, that the relationship, you know, maintained regardless of that status. But mm -hmm. yes, I think it is, I do think it is an advantage. And if, if there are any women-owned businesses out there that are looking to go get that status, I think it can help them grow their business. Okay, thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Well, you know, anytime you're talking about family, you've got to talk about eating and uh, getting together. And a lot of people get together for at Sunday dinner, other people get together, for whatever. But, but eating is really an important part of the whole family uh, time together. What does your family talk about uh, when you get together around the Sunday dinner table? Um, so my dad and my brother and I have breakfast together every Tuesday, and that's <laughs> sort of our work breakfast time. Uh -huh. um, our larger family, my brother, my sister, and our my parents, um, 10 grandkids, get together, you know, probably more than people should. <laughs> 
uh, we vacation together um, and we see each other pretty frequently. We do talk about work, but I mean, there is nothing off limits uh, at our at our family table. And that's how it has been our whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is that is the way we roll. There's there are no filters. No filters. OK. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, that's one way for your children to learn <laughs> about sure. this business and also about the relationships uh, amongst their uh, uh, parents and their siblings and their parents and everything else. And so that's good. Well, we're sort of uh, coming to the end of our time together, Chrissy. What what does the future look like for Western Express? Well, um, if our president doesn't uh, squeeze me out, then I think that we're going to work together for a long time. Uh, my dad, I think, will be here until he doesn't want to be here. Our president's about 10 years younger um, mm-hmm. than my dad, mm-hmm. and my brother and I are about 10 years younger than him. Um, so I think we've laid out a plan, you know, for sure. at, least a, at least a while. And then we've got a few that are 10 years younger than my brother and I that okay. look like they can, you know, be here and okay. do some things for the long haul. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we're just going to keep trucking. Uh, very good. Well, speaking of keeping trucking, I meant to ask you this now. So, Chrissy, you know, you have 3,000 trucks and and you loan people your cars out all the time. So <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to ask the question, uh, are you pretty good at grinding some gears on a big 18-wheel uh, truck? They do not even like me to drive my own car in this parking lot. <laughs> I am a terrible driver. Uh, I get to park away from all the nice things, so I don't hit it. So, no, uh, I am uh, not. <laughs> Well, thank you. Well, what are some closing thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners today? Um, there, you have one short and precious life. Don't don't waste it on anything that you don't love. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, Chrissy, thank you for being my guest on Family Business today. Please accept our best wishes for continued success for you and for your family and for Western Express. All right. Well, thank you for having us. Well, to learn more about Western Express Incorporated, I'd ask you to visit their website at www.westernexp.com. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for the Family Business Day podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business located in Nashville, Tennessee. Our passion is to help families create a positive environment where the family thrives, the business performs, and working together create a lasting family legacy. Whether you're a business owner looking to grow your family business or you're wanting to prepare to someday sell or transition the business to the next generation, check out our free resources on our website at www.tncfb.com. If you want to talk to a family business advisor about your specific family business needs, schedule a 30-minute no-cost call by sending us an email to info at tncfb.com. If you want to talk, we will listen. So until next time, thanks for joining us.